We're on a very powerful journey here this month as a community, and so I'm declaring for you as an individual. And there's a couple things happening that are really quite magnificent. We are the five or six weeks before this thing called Easter. Um, Easter for us represents a time of renewing, a letting go of um, allowing anything and everything, unlike our holiness, to be crucified, crossed out, no point in keeping it one moment further, and rising up and resurrecting into the glory of God and the oneness of life that is here for you. And I was thinking, what book do I use? And about 500 of these fell off the shelf. (laughs) Give or take a couple hundred. I thought, well, let's take the journey. I love that book. I love uh, what it is about is the seven last words that Jesus speaks um, on the cross. And they are um, sayings. They're not actual words. They're sayings. And they create a journey from beginning to end that moves us through a process of healing and releasing, letting go and letting God and becoming who we're here to be, which is the exact journey that we are on this month. And as Sherry so beautifully and wonderfully read, we start with the practice of forgiveness. It is the first step along our journey and is a very important step because we cannot move forward carrying the baggage of the past. That's just how it works. The second word is you shall be with me in paradise. And in this particular word, he's speaking to the person who's on the left and the right, representing the past and the future. And it is the the living word is the now moment. It is in the now moment where forgiveness takes place. It's the only place that forgiveness can occur. The mind wants to go off into the past. The mind, the ego, wants to be right. The, the, The mind and the ego says that I cannot forgive. And indeed, the mind and ego can't. They absolutely can't. But in the present moment, where God lives and moves and has its being, if we will make ourselves available, transformation can occur. This thing called forgiveness can be done to us and through us, where suddenly our burden is light, where suddenly we can move forward in a way like we never have done before. That's what we're here for. And we're here to do it particularly as a community. And I will say especially to those who have been with the community for a while. Because you see what happens is you have expectations of Bodhi. You have expectations of me. You wanted to go this way. It went that way. You thought it was going to occur. It didn't even happen. It did occur, but it sure as heck did not occur your way. All these things happen in spiritual community. Spiritual community is a higher vibration of love. And all these things are meant to happen within spiritual community. It is a safe place for you to see where you're holding, where you're withholding, where you're thinking you're right, where the ego has control of you, where you're afraid. It is the very place that you come for these things to rise up. But if you are not anchored in the spirit of the community, when these things start shifting and shaking you very often, someone makes the community wrong and leaves. That's all fine and good. They'll come back where they want God's where they are. But for those who stay in the game, the most beautiful gift is here for you, which is transformation, letting go and letting God, anchoring yourself in something deeper. And you discover that that is who you are, and you discover on the other side of the release of the forgiveness that you are lighter, that you are reconnected, that your bond 
with the community, with your friends and family, and it becomes stronger. It becomes better because you stayed. Because you stayed in the game and you allowed yourself to be transformed. The things on the playing field may change, may not, but it becomes irrelevant. You see, if we wait for something to change on the playing field, it will go our way, we'll be happy, but watch out for tomorrow. Because it could very well and most likely will go the other way. But staying centered inside ourselves, always observing not what's happening in the field, but who I am being in relationship to it. And suddenly we're seeing the clinging, the attaching, the fear, all of that comes up within us. And again, that is the purpose. For it is in that place and only that place where a healing can occur. Doesn't make much sense to call forth a healing where there is no pain, really, right? Sometimes we got to feel it first. We've got to allow ourselves to dive into it. As I said earlier, the ego will not forgive. The mind itself is wired to be right. And there's a few ego games that I want to point out to you and see if you play them. The first is domination. The ego wants to control. It wants to dominate what is happening. We do it all the time. Some of you are passive about your domination. Some of you do it sort of indirectly. Sometimes we dominate very aggressively with our words, with fighting, with attacking. It's all about wanting to be in charge. And when you feel out of control, the ego feels threatened. And the ego must fight back. You know, our parents, beautiful parents, you have a wonderful way of control. You could, you know, it starts so, so early, you can control them with a look. <laughs> you give that child a look and it says, you do that again, we're going to be talking and you're going to be walking. <laughs> right? So from a very early age, we have been dominated. Now, we've been loved and we've been taught too, but there has been a pervasive domination that we have grown up under in this Western world. And what it has formed in you is two things. One, I must learn how to dominate. And two, I must learn how not to be dominated. Both actions of the ego, because it's all an ego game. So a part of us is learning as we're growing how to dominate a situation, how to control a conversation, how to be in a relationship where we're in charge, how to keep our environment controlled. Another part of us is learning because as little children, there are many times where we do not have domination. Our only choice is to sit down, be quiet, and don't talk. And when we are dominated in any aggressive way, we must go into self-survival. So a part of us turns inward and says, I will not be dominated. You'll look, you'll smile, you'll nod, you'll say, I'm sorry. But a part of you will be holding on to being right. A part of you will be starting to form its way of not being dominated. We dominate in direct and indirect ways. Story about a mother who, with her daughter, has raised a daughter to be totally dependent upon her. Don't worry, I'm not talking about anybody here in this room. She says proudly, my daughter tells me everything. We're friends. And then she learns that her daughter has made a decision on her own without consulting her mother. 
So her mother decides to compliment her and says, very good. I really see that you chose correctly. But next time, if you could just check in with me, because I care, and I only want to make sure you're getting your highest good. See, the little subtle plans, as they're beginning to leave, coming out on their own, we find those ways to still keep control. We dominate with our skills. This is very interesting. Here, let me do that for you. You know how clumsy we are. <laughs> let me help, right? Or what are you doing in this kitchen? You know you don't even know how to boil water. Honey. <laughs> like what? What did I say? I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help. Then this is really good. This is really good. All I do for you, and this is what I get. <laughs> right? I'm exaggerating these things. Sometimes I'm not exaggerating these things. But we have them to lesser and greater degrees. And they're all coming from a simple source, which is to dominate and to avoid being dominated. That's what the ego does. A third thing I want to point out about the ego that blocks us from the practice of forgiveness, by the way, that's what pointing all of these out is for, to help us see how the ego and we cannot forgive in its grip, is simply that it has to be right. The ego never admits that it is wrong. Simply, it's very logical because it believes it isn't. So why would the ego or the mind admit that it's wrong when it believes it isn't? How can I be wrong, the ego thinks. And the way that it keeps itself secured in that positioning is through the practice of blame. When you're always right, someone has to be wrong, right? Here are the rules. If I make a mistake, which is very rare, you have to ignore it and pretend it didn't happen. If you make a mistake, I will tell you three times. <laughs> because I'm trying to help you grow. Right? Either way, I'm right. The ego dominates. It has to be right. It has to prove itself as right. And any time we are stuck in the clutches of having to be right, we are, un, we, are, we are unable to access our wholeness, the essence of oneness, our innocence, and therefore the gift that forgiveness can bring us. And what we must come to realize is that this is just what has been occurring. We have little glimpses and magical moments where it flows through us, but the ego, when it comes in, just let's make it a given. You will not forgive, nor do you want to. Now, it gets really tough, and this is a very important conversation. It gets really tough when we go to, and I know the mind goes to, or perhaps this is a personal life. Well, when I was little, this really, really, really horrible thing happened. This horrible thing happened. And what we're saying is not that it didn't happen, but you are stuck in wanting to be right about that. 
I want you to see that there's a difference between accepting what is and having to be right about it. And it is the ego's hold that needs, and when we want to be right about it, it's like, it's like we're just confirming that really what happened is that we were broken, we were beaten, this, this, this thing occurred, I've been wounded by this. And again, that is what happens. But what happens to us and what the ego does is it uses the story over and over and over and over. And who is losing every time it's reused? You. You are the one that becomes damaged over and over and over. So forgiveness does not deny that something occurred. Forgiveness packages it up, heals it, and leaves it in the past where it belongs so that you yourself can live today. You see, the problem with unforgiveness, if you are trapped in it, you are not alive. That's just the truth. You're a walking, empty shell reliving the story, reliving the story, proving it, proving it over and over and over everywhere you go. Forgiveness sets us free from that story, wipes it clean, returns us to our innocence as well as those that have been our persecutors. Everyone gets returned to their innocence and new life pours in, living water just pours itself upon you. And that which occurred to you isn't gone, but you then receive the gift from it. You see, we have a choice to make. Do you want to remain in the brokenness of your story? Or do you want to have a healing from your story and become a wise messenger, healer, and helper, helper to others because of your story? You don't get both. You don't get to be the victim to it and then turn around and be the healer. And actually, as I'm saying that, that's what a lot of people are doing. A lot of people, as there as there a lot of healers out there, if I may say in this moment, are, are vacillating back and forth. At one moment, they're a victim to their story because somehow it's triggered and unhealed. They don't know what to do with that. And then the next moment, they're pretending or trying to be healers of it. It's kind of a, a, a catch-22 for the healer. It's a real catch-22 for the one being healed, depending on what spot they're in when you're at their healing. But there's a higher place to be where we of ourselves don't have to do anything. And that is where that beloved song so clearly, when we let go and we let God have its way. Do you want to do that freedom in that? You see, now you're no longer the healer. You simply are the vessel through which healing flows. When you let go and you let God have its way, the past is it's transformed and either forgotten or repackaged or reprogrammed or whatever it is done, but it's not your business how. You simply live in the benefits of the gift. That is what you're here for. You are here to live the glory of God as your life. We are not here to walk around telling people how broken we are and proving how right we are in that brokenness. There's a whole world that's doing that over and over and over. It is the practice of forgiveness that sets us free. I talk about this all the time, so many of you have heard this, but for those of you who haven't yet, this is an important key, so take a deep breath. The magic in the words, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, simply is that you yourself do not do the forgiving. You yourself acknowledge 
that forgiveness must occur. And how do you know that it's time to forgive? The course of miracles is most brilliant. It simply says, I have chosen wrongly about myself, and now I wish to choose again. This time I choose with the Holy Spirit, and I let the Holy Spirit make the decision of guiltlessness for me. How do I know I have chosen wrongly about myself or about a situation? Very simple. You feel bad. You feel wrong. You feel separate. You feel like something has happened to you and you're a victim. You feel less than, than your whole self. You're unhappy. You're depressed. You're eating a big bag of chips. <laughs> Family size. <laughs> That's the time to pause. And just say, maybe, maybe... I'm thinking incorrectly. Maybe I am choosing wrongly about myself. Choice. You see, we have a choice of how we want to believe or think about ourselves. We have a choice in what we want to focus ourselves on. But the patterns of our brokenness and the unforgiveness takes away your choice. You have no choice in unforgiveness. None. Please hear me. Your most powerful gift that you have been given in this lifetime, the freedom to choose, is taken away from you when you do not forgive. The most precious choice to choose. That very thing that causes life, you have been denied. And the most empowering place that this step begin, that this whole forgiveness process and shifting begins is when we go, I am choosing incorrectly. We begin to recognize that I am the cause and the creator of my reality now, right now. Not forget about the past. Forget about maybe we couldn't choose when we were four or five or six or ten. Fine. Fine. Let's let that be. But that doesn't take away the power of choice in the present moment. Right now is where the whole game can change. The whole game can change now. And only you will know, you will only know how the game is different on the other side of it. You can't make it up. See, that's how we keep ourselves trapped. Okay, I'll try this forgiveness thing. I'll try to let go of the past. And then the ego starts making up what it's going to look like, which is not possible. Because the you that is choosing a very sacred, special moment, thank you, sweet spirit, for that grace that has allowed me to even choose to contemplate forgiveness, that moment is the thread that will lead me to becoming who I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine who I would be on the other side. In fact, so often, if you have landed on the other side of forgiveness, as I have several times, this is usually a response. It's a miracle. It is a miracle. I have no, I could not have done this. That is, the, that is how you know you are on the other side of forgiveness because you will just be proclaiming to the world, I did not do this. There is no way from who I was to who I am now that I made that happen. You will be absolutely certain 
that the transformation that occurred within your being that turned that which was separate, ugly, broken, and fragmented into wholeness and freedom and innocence and return to joy, you will be so clear that it's not possible that you did that. Not possible. That's the glory of forgiveness. That's the gift. It is miraculous. It is miraculous. And it will, your job is to choose it. Your job is to just decide you're done. You're done blaming. You're done making up stories. You're done playing the victim. You're done running this whole game. And you're really ready to allow the grace of God to pour itself upon you, to rewire you at the very deepest level of your subconscious mind, at the cellular level of your being. It will drive itself down into the very DNA structure if it has to. The grace of God is pervasive, and it works everywhere within you. It will have its way, and its way is good. Its way is a return to innocence. Because that is the truth of our being. We are innocent. We are all innocent. This silly ego game of attack, of blame, of hurt, of resentment, it is a game of the ego. And only on the other side of it do you realize, only on the other side do you realize that your innocence and your perfections never, ever exist. There is never, nothing has ever occurred to your being. That is such a magnificent thought. That's what we're here for. And that is who I believe we need to be as we begin walking across this bridge into our new home. Our new home is a whole new vibration. It is not this current consciousness vibration. I'm not talking about this physical space right now. I'm talking about our new home in consciousness. We're moving in form, which represents a shift in consciousness. The shift in consciousness is important, and we do not want to move into who we are becoming and who we're here to be as a community with a whole dump truck of garbage to bring along with us, right? And so the way that we get rid of that is individually. It is your work to, to allow yourself, your mind, your consciousness to be healed, to release yourself from the blame and the shame, the story making, to get all of that out. That is a gift. You received the first gift from that. That's a huge hallelujah for you. But then it becomes the gift you bring. You become a part of the new consciousness that we're here to be, to download, to give as a gift to those who are seeking it. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. And right now, Think of this month as us doing our deep prep work, getting ourselves prepared in consciousness so that as we make this move and those doors open wide, get the light is just pouring out from within and from within our new home. That is what we're here for. Forgiveness is the way, and it takes place in this present moment. It's the only moment that there is. So if the mind drifts off into the past or the future or the yeah, but, simply pause and say to yourself, now, forgiveness takes place now. The story is irrelevant. Just invite, invite it in. Are you with me on that? I want to read something from A Closer Miracle. 
And as I do, I invite you to turn within and breathe these words in. Because you, in this moment, only you know the particular story and the way that it's wired and the way that the ego is playing itself out. So breathe this in. I must have decided wrongly because I'm not at peace. And allow whatever stories that that resonates with to rise up around this person, around this situation, around my past. I must have decided wrongly. And the way I know that is because I'm not at peace. I made the decision myself. But I can also decide otherwise. So inside yourself, simply affirm, I am going, I decide otherwise. I want to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision. The grace of God will undo all consequences, all ties to the past and the future will be cut. I choose now to let the Holy Spirit, by allowing and welcoming forgiveness, to be done unto me. Amen. Breathe that in. 